mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Welcome back to Everything Else Series 3. This is a special extra episode for fans of the hit podcast S-Town. Grizz spoke to Brian Reed, who presented and co-created S-Town for a piece he wrote for this weekend's FT about podcasts. Normal service resumes on Monday when we'll be discussing my love life. And the power of pop music. Don't miss our full episode of Everything Else then. So this is not a real episode. No. So if people download this, they're not to worry that they've got just half an episode. This is <laughs> this is like an amuse-bouche, okay? Mm-hmm. And you were telling me yesterday how, you know, you've never really been to a restaurant and you don't really <laughs> know what an amuse-bouche is. <laughs> I think my words about I'm not a foodie. Okay, but you said, you know, you weren't familiar really with how restaurants work. And so... <laughs> That's so not what I said. Essentially, you know, you, you go into the restaurant, you look at a menu and you order things from the menu. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in this case, you might have ordered the crab pasta. Right. Followed by the duck breast. Mm-hmm. And, but then suddenly between the crab pasta and the duck, the waiter brings like a little grapefruit sorbet and he didn't even know it was coming which decade are we in <laughs> yeah like a grapefruit sorbet and and you the haven't even ordered umbrella. it and you don't even have to pay for it, it but it cleanses your palate it's a ah. surprise and it's exciting and that's what exactly that's what, what this is exactly okay, so we're having great. this is the grapefruit sorbet it's an extra scoop you've been speaking on podcasts uh, longer than i've been listening to them thanks al you make me sound ancient this was the first podcast i ever listened to you know i've grown up I have grown into a love of podcasts right listening, quite recently listening to you you know I, I'm one of your you know earliest fans I'm one of the original Grizzarati and you've written about podcasts in this, this weekend's FT exactly. yes I have it's uh, a because, personal essay yes about I've, the podcast yes I've read it it's, yeah it's very readable <laughs> and you've interviewed for this you've interviewed Brian Reed who co-created S-Town should I have heard of Brian Reed you should have heard of S-Town because S-Town was a huge hit earlier this year. Millions and millions of people have downloaded it. It's something like a record 16 million people in its first week. Were you one of those people? Yes, I was. I think this was in my pre-Grizzarati fandom, pre-pod phase. So it managed to pass me by. But I should have heard of Brian Reed, and I should have heard of S-Town. Everyone should have heard of S-Town, is that right? Most of our listeners, I reckon, probably will have heard of S-Town, and many of them will have listened to it. And I, we should stress that this is an episode for fans of S-Town. The interview that we are going to come to, it contains lots of spoilers. So if you haven't listened to S-Town, then switch just off switch now. throw your iPad in the bin. Um, <laughs> Into the river, now. Okay, in the river. So I called Brian Reed in New York and spoke to him about S-Town, the podcast that delves deep into the life of an Alabama clock restorer. When did you know that John B. McLemore's story would be kind of more than just a single story in an episode of This American Life? At what point did that become clear to you? 
took a really long time for that to become clear. And I don't know if clear is even the right word once we did kind of figure it out, quite honestly. I started talking to John in the course of my normal job at This American Life. This was before Serial was invented. So the thought of even doing a Serial-type spinoff didn't even occur to me during the early correspondence. It was after John died, honestly, when we talked about it and we talked about kind of the shape of the story and if we would do a story when we decided, like, this seems best served by being its own thing and by allowing us to try different types of storytelling. Did you ever worry that the story that you ended up sort of telling was not the story that John had kind of invited you to investigate initially? No, I don't worry about that. That happens with pretty much every story we do, (laughs) you know. To me, the point of doing a story is that you don't know what it's going to be totally at the end. You know, if you can figure out what a story is at the beginning, then that's often a reason not to do it, I think. It was meaning as well in the terms of the kind of ethics of reporting quite intimately on the life of, of someone who's who's no longer living. I guess that must have thrown up some sort of questions for you as a as a journalist. Of course. I mean, you know, that's, that is a type of journalism that happens for sure. It is reporting on someone who's no longer here which I think is a valid type of journalism, which gives us a lot of valuable stories. That's the spirit in which I think S-Town lives. And there's a lot of stuff that you do uncover when you're doing a project like this and learn about someone that shouldn't be public. And that was a decision we made time and time again with information we learned. One of the things that I loved about S-Town was what felt like sort of self-conscious literary mode that it's it's told in and I wonder whether you were inspired by kind of the tradition of serialized novels we were inspired by novels for sure we did have discussions where we were like is that town even a serial you know we actually thought of it more like a traditional novel in a way and that's what we were trying to replicate in podcast form by releasing all the episodes at once was the feeling of having a, a non-serialized novel that you can finish at your leisure. You can you can speed through it as quickly or as slowly as you'd like. The reader's actually setting the pace, you know, the way we released it rather than us. I guess I'm thinking of the sort of imagery that you use mm-hmm. and, and the pacing and things. Were you, it feels yeah. different to an episode of This American Life. I'm glad that comes through. That, that's something we were really trying to do that I, I don't think I was certain would come through. John was someone who offered up many, many literary metaphors just in his own life, <laughs> you know, in terms of horology and timekeeping and his interest in those kinds of subjects. You know, a giant challenging maze with many different permutations of the solution out in his backyard. Even the idea of shit town, which he was so um, obsessed with, to me is a literary idea because, you know, at first glance, it seems kind of flippant. What I learned by the end of the reporting is it, is it wasn't. It was a whole state of mind that John had adopted. And in a way, I think the story becomes an investigation of, you know, John wanted us to come down to Alabama to investigate, you know, uncover what a shit town his home was. And, you know, by the end, you kind of learn both external and internal reasons why it was a shit town for him. To me, those were all very literary metaphors or ideas to explore. You know, we did deliberately do things differently in the pacing and kind of the signposting is a term we use a lot, especially on This American Life. You know, you're giving a signpost as to what's coming up in the story, why you should stick around. The crudest way of doing that would be, we're about to take a tangent from the main story, but it's really enjoyable and we're going to come back. Trust us. Like We'll literally say stuff like that sometimes, you know, on the air. And with S-Town, we tried to actually kind of not be so overt with the signposting, but do it in the way that novels do it, 
where novels will often just start, you know, either at the beginning or in the middle with some chapter. They'll just start with a new character sometimes, and that character will be in the middle of doing something. The writer doesn't have to necessarily say, like, stay with me, trust trust me, this is a novel, <laughs> you know, like like this is a story. Yeah. And so we tried to replicate that or at least incorporate some of that in the way we told F-Town, which to us felt like a departure from, um, you know, what we're often having to do in this American life. It definitely feels like sort of listening to serial and then coming to s-town like it's almost like the podcast form itself has changed and developed in in quite a short sort of intervening period and i wondered whether you think about telling stories through podcasting in a different way having made s-town for sure i mean it's interesting you know i don't this is the first multiple part story i've i've made at least like a serialized version of the same story i just think it's exciting that the form still is so new and it seems to have the latitude and space to try different things and that listeners will come along for the ride and it does feel new like podcasting is still really new you know it just seems like there's a whole world of of things to try ahead of us and John was obviously you know he was someone very special very unusual but do you have a sense as a radio reporter do you have a sense that everybody has a story in them to tell I think everybody has a story, but I don't think everybody has a radio story in them or podcast. I just know that from my job and working at This American Life for, for going on eight years now, a lot of our work is talking to people and deciding that it's not a story for the radio. And it's just because a good radio story has very idiosyncratic needs. So there's just a different bar and set of um, criteria that you want when you're, when you're actually creating a story about someone and broadcasting it. And what was it about John? What was that? moment when you you felt like here is somebody with a radio story to tell or a podcast story to tell well i wasn't sure for a really long time right I, I, john felt squarely in that category where he was fascinating to talk to and he told lots of varying stories very well and compellingly and with humor and wit and edge like that was like a good like year and a half of the process and it was why i was working on other stories at the same time was you know i would talk to julie my editor and we would just say, we're not bored with John. We're interested in what he's telling us. We like him as a person. We do wonder about this murder and about this, this place that he says is so horrible. We didn't know the bones of the story. You know, there's certain kind of structural necessities that a story needs, and we couldn't figure those out for a very long time. And then after he died, two very clear reporting questions emerged or, or reporting, you know, endeavors emerged. And that was, you know, people in his life were telling me that there was some fishy business going on with his estate and asking me to look into that. And then also there was this list of people that John had left behind who turned out had not been contacted. That suddenly gave some structure to the story. And just finally, is there anything that you didn't do on S-Town or that you would do differently? What do you think is the next sort of step in terms of podcast storytelling? That's interesting. I mean, there's certain, there's certain parts of the story that I wish we would definitely get into more. But in terms of form, I personally find myself more interested in documentary. I think that's a, that's a world we're going to see a, a lot of podcasts coming in that are, that are dramas, essentially. What I'm interested in generally is something we did do in S-Town, but I feel like I'm not bored of it yet. <laughs> to me, there are kind of broadly two types of documentaries. Like there's there's a documentary where, where you're going and t- interviewing people about something that happened in the past and they're telling you stories about something that happened in the past, and you're reconstructing this narrative based on interviews. 
and you can build really effective, moving, emotional, informative documentaries out of that. So there's another type of documentary and radio story, which I think Best Town was more in the mold of, which is the reporter is there and doesn't know what's going to happen and things are unfolding over time as the reporter is documenting. And that's the type of documentary I find myself and radio story I find myself most interested in right now. It's hard, though, because you, you're basically planning a story that you don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know what the story is yet. Yeah. And so it's kind of about finding interesting people and spending time with them and trying to be in situations where something might happen as a reporter. You can read Grizz's piece online at ft.com and we'll post it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash everything else podcast. Brian Reed's live show is called On Creating S-Town, A New Way to Tell a Story. And he's in Manchester, London and Birmingham this Saturday, Sunday and Monday. You can find details and you can buy tickets at myticket.co.uk. We'll be back on Monday to talk about Grizz's passionate love life. Everything else is produced by Chica Ayres. We've been Grizz and Al and our music is composed and produced by Fatum. Fatum.